Uh, we're grateful to be here this morning. Uh, we're grateful to get in the word with you. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 if you want to uh, begin to turn there. Ephesians chapter 3. I think in church life and uh, together it's possible in this Christian life and with other believers uh, collected together at church, it's possible for us now to be a bit superficial with one another. You know, especially when you get into routine, you get to know the routine of going to church, you get to know the routine of, of even worshiping together, even perhaps being part of a smaller group together, uh, and actually can do that repetitiously without really going deeper with the Lord, without digging deeper. It's even possible to live out the Christian life on the surface when your heart is actually really far from God. And uh, I know that I have been there, many of you have been there, and, and it can happen to us. And so I really have one point from Ephesians chapter 3 this morning, just, just one point. Can you handle one point this morning, uh, this rainy summer morning together? The point is this, uh, God wants to give you a deeper walk with him. God wants to give you, you're like, that's the only point, so we can go home now? Well, hang with me. We're going to develop that a little bit as we look at this passage. It's rich. It's a prayer uh, from the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians church, the Ephesian church, where he uh, wants the church uh, to continue to grow deeper in its walk with the Lord. And he's asking the Lord in this prayer to grant that, to grant a deeper walk, to uh, give them a deeper, more profound uh, relationship uh, with the Lord. And uh, the Lord wants us to go deeper this morning. Uh, Jeremiah 17, uh, verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit because that tree goes deep. And the Lord wants to give us like a tree deep rooting in him, uh, not just a surfacey walk. You say, okay, could you tell me what that looks like? Well, the answer is in Paul's prayer this morning. We'll start in verse 14, the title of this message, Hope for Spiritual Growth, but let's pray uh, because this is God's word and we want him to speak to us through his spirit this morning. Lord, as we turn to your word, we acknowledge that your word is holy. We confess that it is trustworthy. Lord, we believe that it's authoritative. We know that when we're humble, when we're surrendered to what it says, that your spirit changes us, transforms us, makes us more like Jesus Christ. And after that beautiful time of worship this morning, this team leading us in a deeper and greater longing. We want to long to be transformed. We know that when you change us and we reflect Christ, you receive glory. And it's in your glory that we find our greatest joy. And so speak through your word. I pray that your word would have its place, central place this morning. That it would be clear and Lord, that we would hear it, reflect on it, and through faith receive it uh, as a seed planted deep, that we would grow deeper in our relationship with you. 
So speak to us again, we pray humbly in Jesus' name, amen. Let's get started, verse 14, let's just dig right in. Just the first three words now, for this reason, I'm reading from the ESV, he says, for this reason, so we're gonna stop already. Man, you didn't get very far. For what reason? Let's back up, because that means he's connecting a thought, so let's make sure we know what's being connected. I had mentioned to you, he had, he had prayed earlier in the letter. Uh, he's praying again. And, and just thinking about the content of what he has said to the Ephesians and what the Lord would say to us through the Apostle Paul's writing this morning, you are dearly loved believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, you and I were chosen by God before he formed the universe, eternally secured then by God because we've been made righteous in the work of Christ through faith alone, by grace alone, in the blood of Jesus Christ alone. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit who is our guarantee of salvation. In this salvation, our eyes have been opened by that same Holy Spirit uh, to receive wisdom and truth to grow in wisdom and truth, taught through the apostles and the prophets uh, by the word of God. And this life uh, unifies us as church family. You are unified with churches this morning all over the world, but then you're also being built up specifically as a local church, as a building, Paul would say, or a temple together, growing unity, uh, built together as believers in worship and fellowship uh, and all of this has been done through the work of Jesus Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit by the design of God the Father. And now Paul continues a prayer that he had begun all the way back in chapter one. <clears throat> Have you ever been praying? And you're praying and your mind begins to wander about things? Come on, be honest, tell the truth. I have many times. And uh, that's okay because that's kind of what the Apostle Paul did in Ephesians, so you're in good company. But he continues praying that the Ephesians would go deeper. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees. That's an expression for him. What he's saying is, by saying I bow my knees, he's saying I'm praying this with passion. I really, really want this for you. Before the Father, verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, do you see that? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. God the Father not holding anything back from his children. God wants to give you something deeper, something more rooted, something more profound. The Lord wants his people to experience him more fully. God did not rescue you from sin and death so that you could go on and struggle in your faith. He didn't rescue you so that you could wander and go on disobeying. He did not rescue you to leave you alone. He saved you so that you would be able to give him glory and to give you a deeper sense of his love, of his abiding presence, to give you a greater, even a greater capacity than you were born with to know him. 
God wants to give you a deeper walk with him. Here's four ways this morning on that one point, four ways you will more fully experience the Lord. Four ways to more fully experience uh, the Lord. You, You liar, you told us one, you tricked us. God wants to give us, I promise this will go quickly, God wants to give us a deeper walk with him by first of all, addressing the unseen parts of our lives. Addressing the unseen parts of our lives. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul is first of all trying to say, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, God is going to give you supernaturally a greater capacity than you had before to have relationship with him. By the ministry of the Holy, you need the Holy Spirit just to receive all that God wants to give you. Uh, You are a soul, not merely a body, not just a physical body. Your soul is created in the image of God. And that's why uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Isn't that good news? And uh, God wants to strengthen you in your soul, in your inner being, unseen parts of who you are. Through his Holy Spirit, he wants to grant you greater power in your inner being. It is the reflections of your mind and the attitudes of your heart. That's where he wants to work. It is your thoughts and your motivations, the motivations of your will. That's where God wants to get to. Not merely what you do, not merely what ritual you uphold, not merely what routine you do as a Christian. He wants to get to the unseen part, the, the very fabric of your soul. And he wants to transform your thoughts and motivations and he wants to do that continually. The Lord wants you to go deeper with him where no one can see but him. In a, uh, the culture that Paul was talking to, the Greco-Roman culture, the idea of inner power, inner strength, uh, that was seen as a force, uh, like an electricity that could be harnessed and control, but in Paul's language here, it's not just a force, it's a person. It's very personal, it's very intimate. It is the work of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every Christian. God comes to you very lovingly, knowing you, every person in a unique way. And he lives inside of you through a real person, the Holy Spirit, dwelling in your inner being. He convicts you of sin. He strengthens you with the wisdom of his word. He reassures you of his love. He comforts you with supernatural peace. He secures you with everlasting hope. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he does this in the unseen, where no one else can see but you know God is working inside your soul. When King David, listen to this, when King David sinned, even in the Old Testament, there was a picture given to us with these very important words. He said in Psalm 51, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Do you hear that? 
Even David, who was a man after God's own heart, got stuck in a ritual and a routine when his inner self was fading far from God. Verse 10, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me on the inside. The Lord wants to address then for us to the inward parts, the unseen parts. Consider the graphic of a tree. Uh, consider this picture. You see in a tree, you see the, the fullness of the leaves, the branches, uh, all the beauty of the fruit on a tree, but the roots... The fruit may be on the outside, but the roots are the strength and vitality for that fruit to happen. The parts of our Christian life that people see, they're not unimportant. They're important. What we show people, what we, what we give off as an image to people, that is important. But without God strengthening the inner part, without allowing him to address who we are on the inside, the beautiful parts, the, the fruit of love and kindness, the fruit of obedience and self-control, all of these kind of fruits will be short-lived and will fade if God is not strengthening the root. And the reality is this, God does not want a pretense of faith when the attitude of our heart is far from him. So humbly allow God to address your inward thoughts and motivations. Let him work on the unseen bitterness that we can harbor so easily. Confess things like, hidden self-centeredness. Don't be afraid to confess that to the Lord. Things like lust, things like envy, a jealousy, uh, apathy, where you just don't care about something. You know you don't care. You don't like it, but you don't care. Everybody gets there. Confess that to the Lord. Uh, get on your knees all by yourself before Almighty God. Speak to him. Confess to him. Ask for help for the inward part that nobody can see, but you know that is there. You know what's struggling. He sees everything already, right? So offer the unseen reality of your life to him. Offer the Lord the secret thoughts of your heart. And let me just encourage you. God, yes, he hates sin. He abhors sin. But don't forget, he adores you. He loves you. The Lord loves you, and he wants to take that hit. He can handle it. He wants to take that hidden sin. In the cross of Jesus Christ, God is waiting with open arms for us to confess those uh, hidden sins within our hearts. And let him confront your thoughts and your motivations and then, and then and only then, can you sing about and mean pursuing the Lord with a whole heart, with all your heart. That you could pursue him in ways that no one else can see. That inward being pursuing and worshiping the Lord. A praying to him that no one can hear. Worshiping him in ways that no one can observe. In the inward being, God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by addressing the unseen parts of your life. And then Paul tells us why a deeper walk is important. Why are those unseen parts important? Verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. God wants to give you a deeper walk uh, with him by growing a stronger faith in you, by growing a stronger faith. Now, you and I, we can't manufacture faith. We should be very leery of any kind of Christian teaching that says, well, you just, you just need to muscle more faith. Apparently, you didn't muscle enough faith. 
You should be leery of that because we, it's not a muscle. Faith is not a muscle that can be flexed. We can struggle with our faith. We need help with our faith. And although faith is not a muscle that can be flexed, let me tell you this as a picture. It is a garden that can be tended. It is a garden that can be tended. Uh, I can't make anything grow in a garden, right? Like, I can't make seeds germinate. I can't uh, make photosynthesis happen, the process by which green plants and some other organisms use sunlight to synthesize foods from carbon dioxide to water. I had to look that up. I can't do that. I can't make the sun come out and shine. Take a look. But I can water the garden. I can enrich the soil. I can pull weeds. I can tend the garden of faith. In the same way, you can renew your mind. You can tend your thinking. You can fill your mind with the word of God. You can saturate your day with prayer in the presence of God. You can pull weeds. You can turn from things that are ungodly, unwholesome, or even good things that become a bad thing because they become the main thing. You can do that. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's our life. And um, would you let your kids eat at McDonald's every day, every meal? Would any of you do that? Would anybody do that? Of course not. But I'm telling you, sometimes that's precisely what we do with our minds. We do the same thing. We, we let our minds have a diet of junk all the time. It may not all be sinful, but it's just a waste of time. And we have so many, uh, so much deeper, more profound, more eternal things that we could be reflecting on. Uh, But this world is so good, the enemy is so good at distracting us to think about worthless things. And so we feed on our minds on garbage and then we wonder, why do you feel so absent, God? We wonder, why is my faith struggling? I'm just, I'm just struggling. I'm not really sure why. Renewed thinking softens the heart. In the garden of the mind, where the word is fed on regularly, where times of refreshing prayer saturate the ground, I'm telling you, God will deepen your faith. Then your faith will grow. You can't make it grow, but you can tend the garden. And in the garden of things like lust and materialism and gossip and laziness and just waste of time entertainment, how in the world could faith grow in a garden like that? It it can't. So I, I promise you this morning, I promise you, oftentimes when our faith is struggling, it's because our spiritual garden is lacking. God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by growing a stronger faith inside of you. And then notice verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by giving you a deeper experience in the love of Christ. He wants to give you a deeper walk with him by giving you a deeper experience in the love of Christ. Being grounded in love for Paul, that idea of being grounded is the idea of something that has a very solid foundation. In the Great Commission Collective, we have a pastor friend, 
uh, named Nate Newell. Nate's uh, dad has spoken at our church a couple of times. He was a lifelong a missionary uh, over in, uh, uh, near Papua New Guinea. And now Nate, uh, with that growing up experience, has become a Harvest Bible chapel, chapel pastor over in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. And uh, Nate takes pictures of the city. It's just a beautiful international uh, city full of uh, people from so many different nations because of the international business. And in that city are these, um, maybe you've seen them, iconic two towers, uh, towering together, uh, the Patronus Towers. Uh, they were the tallest buildings in the world from 1998 to 2004, and they remain the tallest twin towers in the world. And they're just beautiful. What you don't see with the Patronus Towers is that these twin uh, buildings have a foundation that goes deeper in the ground than a football field is long. It's like 390 feet deep of foundation of cement and, and steel that goes into the bedrock to give a twin towers this big, to give them a firm foundation to last. And through our faith in the gospel, God wants us to have that kind of foundation that he loves us, that he loves you. A, a strong foundation that displayed in the cross where Jesus lay, willingly laid down his life to take the wrath of God, to take the punishment we deserve upon himself. That that, that, is the greatest, that is the greatest concept of the way God loves you that could ever be given. And that would be strengthened with a foundation through faith in that great work, knowing that we'd be firm about the fact that God loves us in Jesus Christ. To believe the work of Christ is to know the love of God. And to doubt the love of God is actually to doubt the cross itself. The love of Christ is so great, so deep, what Paul is really saying in this prayer is that apart from faith and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, it, it really surpasses the ability to grasp, humanly speaking. That's how much the Lord loves you. He loves you so much that you wouldn't be able to understand it at all if not for the ministry of the Holy Spirit supernaturally helping you to grasp a love that is that deep and that profound. And... Uh, that's why verse 16 says, we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You, you can never fill up in the knowledge of the love of God. You can never fill up in your wonder of the cross. Never. We could, we could skip the preaching part and sing about it all morning and we won't reach a full cup. We could do it until Christ returns. We won't reach a full cup. And so when, and get this, when you struggle then to love God's people, to love others, you are by default struggling to know the love of Christ for you. By default. To know the love of Christ is to experience the love of Christ, is to be able to give the love of Christ. And you cannot divorce those ideas. That that is the experience, to receive the love of Christ and to be able to give the love of Christ. We must continually consider and marvel at how God has loved us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that God, the God of the universe, loved you so much that he sent his son for you. He knew that 
Before he even created the universe, he knew he would love you that much. It's been set by the divine plan of God. And Jamie and I attended a wedding yesterday in Springfield, so it was just great to be this close this morning already to Decatur to be able to come over, and, uh, and so that's why I had, actually, when I reached out to Tony, I didn't even know that. I should, not, I should not confess to you how clueless geographically I am, but I didn't know Springfield was this close, and then I'm like, whoa, um, you know how I asked you to come speak for me? If it helps you to get away, I'm only 40 minutes uh, from your church on that morning. I'd be happy to, to come over. And so that worked out really great. And Tony was able to come. And at this wedding, these were uh, just long uh, friends of Jamie and mine. Their daughter was getting married. And they're very dear to us. And uh, the, the, the bride and the groom, they're just so in love. It's like electric. They're so lost in each other's eyes and, and you can just see it. They're, they're just fixed on each other throughout the day and it's, it's precious. Uh, Jamie and I, this coming week, uh, will be celebrating 21 years together and I have to tell you, we were just like that couple 21 years ago, just lost and like, when can we just like get out of here so we can just hang out together for the rest of our lives? Like we just lost and it is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. It's, it is, it's electric, but 21 years later, I gotta tell you, it's a more profound thing that she's still hanging out with me. <laughs> Way more profound thing. She knows, she's seen me at my worst, trust me, more than anybody in this world. She's seen all my ugly corners. She's seen all my ugly habits. She's seen my sin and even been uh, sinned against from me in some profound ways. And yet, she's still loving, forgiving, and loving me. Okay, that is a deeper, more profound kind of love. And that's what the Lord wants to do through the gospel. He wants to tell you, I see it all. I see your inward being. I see the darkness in you that is so dark you can't even see it yourself. In fact, God is so holy that the sin within us is so much more, uh, if I can say it, damning than we would ever consider. Our sin is darker than we could ever think, but God's love is more profound than we could ever know. And that's the profound kind of love he has loved us with that he might welcome you in spite of all of the sin that has been uh, so prevalent in your life that he would love and embrace you eternally as a son or a daughter in his kingdom. He doesn't tolerate you now, he loves you. God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by giving you a deeper experience in the love of Christ. Well, how do I know then if I'm really living in that love of, and really experiencing that love of Jesus Christ? Notice in verse 18 that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. You can't do it alone. God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by calling you into a deeper fellowship with his people. A deeper fellowship with his people. If you have not loved the church more deeply, I'm telling you by default, you have not known the Lord's love for you more deeply. 
Now, just because God wants to deepen your unseen inner person does not mean that it is a secret and that you are alone. Uh, Would I be in left field? Would I be out on a limb this morning if I suggested that uh, we live in a culture that just maybe, just possibly over-promotes the idea of individuality a little too much? Am I out in left field? I think we all know that. Um, so strong is our culture and individuality that the idea of group is, is almost negative. And uh, in many ways it is. The Bible, though, was written to a culture. Paul is writing a culture that is group-centric by identity. Uh, they're not quite as individualized as we are because survival depended on group identity. This passage doesn't pluralize hearts because they thought they had more than one heart. It pluralizes hearts because Paul's talking to y'all. When he says you in this passage, he means y'all, you all. And uh, the Lord's design for you to have a deeper walk with him is fundamentally tied to your walk with other believers. It always involves a group. Uh, Tim Keller, I believe, has, has often said that your faith is uh, a personal, but it is not private. Your faith is personal, but it's not private. And um, people who know you well people who know you well and share in life with you, who know when something changes for the worse or for the better, who can grow in a deeper relationship with you in Jesus Christ. Uh, Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. That's exactly what is happening in our culture. You can be in fellowship and not be near to God. You can be in a church fellowship and not be near to God, but you cannot be really near to God and not be in church fellowship. You can't. It's it's part of God's plan. God is calling us as a church to be built up together in Jesus Christ. The beauty of the growing Christian life is how it is built together with other Christians in a local church. That's the very beauty of what God wants for his people. God wants to give you a deeper walk with him by calling you into a deeper fellowship with his people. Let's wrap this up with verse 20 because this is the best part of the whole thing. If you've been convicted this morning, if you felt like, yeah, there's some unseen parts of my life that I've held out on that I'm just too ashamed to confess or too afraid or God couldn't really love me or I've just been distracted this summer and I've been busy and, 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 and I just lost my routine and, and God has kind of become a peripheral thing to me this summer. If that's where you are, there's good news. Verse 20, follow along. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. God is the one who causes the growth. God is the one who empowers it within us. It is not something we have to muster. 
Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He's doing the heavy lifting. And so God, yes, he is calling you into a deeper walk with him this morning, but listen, he's willing to lead you step by step. He is in you and with you and, and leading you step by step to that place. The question then is only this, are you willing to be led? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to ask for help? Are you willing to go deeper? Don't settle for a superficial faith. Don't settle for a surfacy walk with the Lord. Don't settle to show people one thing when your heart is far another thing. Don't do that. The Lord loves you and he's willing. And verse 20, the best part tells us, and he's completely and totally able. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, even as we uh, turn in our dependency uh, to you, looking to you for help and for strength and for transformation. Even as we look to you, Lord, we would confess as Jesus said to his disciples that apart from him, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We want to abide in you, that you might abide in us, that you might transform us Christ is the vine, we are the branches that bear fruit. And we want to go to a deeper place. And so Lord, I pray that we would consider something deeper this morning in our souls, something deeper in our hearts. Places of hidden sin, places of hidden apathy, places where we're distracted, thoughtless or careless. And in those hidden places, you would sow seeds of deeper longings, longings that no one can see, prayers that no one can hear, worship that no one can observe, a deeper walk with you. We know we don't do that alone. We know we do that in the fellowship of your church, and we also know, and it is good news, and we're so grateful, you're the one who empowers the change. And so we would not, Lord, I would not call for this kind of deep and profound walk without just covering it in prayer, confessing our dependency, looking to you to do what only you can do. And so we ask that you would transform us in the deep and hidden places that from our hearts, we would bring you glory. And in your glory, we would find great joy and fruitfulness in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us and securing us in his name. And through him and his word, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.